Hello, welcome to Botox the podcast. I'm your host, Bo Corum, and these are my guests. Senior Bentley. Sophia Hyder. Sophia Hyder has been a, this is her second episode. And then Senior Bentley, he's my our Spanish teacher, and we're interviewing him today. Yeah. This is also the season two premiere. And then we also have a new editor. What's your name? Anna Pauline. She's also a former guest of Botox. Okay, so today we're going to be um, interviewing Senior Bentley and his uh, fun Spanish teaching job and his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we should do a riddle and sure. trivia. I found a cool Spanish. Right? I found a cool Spanish trivia page. The title of it is called Ooh. "Ultimate Spanish Quiz Questions and Answers." <laughs> so this is kind of putting me on the spot. I should have well, answered this. <laughs> well, let's we'll all work together. So, oh, I forgot why I was answering that. Um, how do you say cheers in Spanish? And then we have options. Okay. So there's... I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> you can read them. I think it's not Proust. I don't... Okay. So, and then the salud, sante, felicidades. I just said cheers. Okay, what are you thinking? Well, so I like... like I, I'm confident, but I know. I think it's salud. <laughs> I've heard that a lot, but... Oh, I know that's... It, it does mean health. But does it That's what's alluded. I was like, I recognize that one. Felicidades. Yeah. So you're toasting to the person's health. So yeah. you say, salud. Oh, so ah, salud. So I was right. They're going to be toast. Okay, well, I guess we're toast. Which of the following is a world famous Spanish sheets cheese? Ooh, I had some last night. <laughs> really? Literally. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Manchego? Feta? Feta. <laughs> well, it'd be pronounced feta? Feta. Oh, okay. Then how about you pronounce this? <laughs> Manchego, uh-huh. feta, halloumi, feta. <gasps> brie. brie. Spanish cheap, cheap cheese. <laughs> Why is it specifically sheep? Like, what is? Oh, well, because sheep? it's from sheep. It's not yeah, cows or goats like, or. Okay. Now, I'll give you a hint. It comes from the region of Castilla-La Mancha. Manchego. Manchego. So Manchego. You said you had some. Is that what that you had Manchego? I had Manchego cheese. What is it similar to? Preserved. What is it like? It's a it's a a sharp sort of like a Parmesan. Mm -hmm. It's aged, but in 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 Mexico, their Manchego is usually made from cow's milk. Mm -hmm. But Spanish tradition is sheep's milk. I actually never heard of sheep's milk. Had goat cheese. Yeah, I've heard goat cheese. I like goat cheese. I like goat cheese. It was so gross. And then I made the mistake of washing my mouth out with orange juice, and it was not much. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, We s- Speaking of brie, did mm-hmm. you hear about the French cheese factory that exploded the other day? I did not. Yeah, yeah there's nothing, nothing left but debris. Oh, my joke. <laughs> I thought you knew that. You're just going along with it. All right, the last question for trivia. Which traditional Spanish dance originated in Andalusia and is and is recognized by UNESCO as a heritage of humanity. Dance? Mm, I do. Sardana, tango, flamenco, pasa verde. Wait, wait. Flamenco. flamenco? No, I've seen it performed. Flamenco? I thought you said flamenco. Sardana, tango, y pasa verde. Look at all those dances. What is Andalusia? Andalusia is the southern part of Spain. Spain is divided into 17 autonomous kingdoms, sort of like states in between. If there was a place in Spain called Mestre, mm-hmm. it was probably 
We were at Disney World in sixth grade, and the only way we could last over Tom Fitzgerald's forever was like, you know where they have that racetrack? Yeah, literally. It's a little bit outside of there. That's the way it is. I didn't know how popular. And then that and Dollywood. That was the only two like landmarks. What else is there? Okay, what else is there? Back to the dance. Which is it? That's a good question. Why did he end up asking the question? I want to say it's the Lincoln. I feel like I'm wrong. Lincoln. It is coming. Conzo was from Argentina. Okay, would you rather? This isn't this isn't Spanish or Okay, well, it's just a good conversation. Mine would be a Okay. Um, would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? I would rather live long. Than the lottery. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to live that long. Yeah, literally, like I don't want to live like if I'm dying That's at ninety, if I'm dying at eighty. I don't want to like, watch the world descend more than already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but at least I got to be able to see not only your grandchildren if you're lucky but being able to see more generations see how it changes yeah but if it kind of goes south but like if you're that old like you're so frail like if you like bend your hand it's gonna break (laughs) well no don't don't okay bring it back to Harry Potter that's fictional (laughs) yeah we don't know it's like 100 and something like that 1520? Fiction, there's a dude without a nose who starts a war it's not (laughs) a reliable source I guess there is something to be said for living your one life, but let's just live it up. I mean, you could do that for a year. Yeah. I think I would take lottery. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This is sad. Would you rather go to a movie or to dinner alone? Like, both alone? Yeah. Which one? A movie. Movie? Like, I don't like movies alone. Just sit down in a restaurant and be like, "Party for one." <laughs> if it's like a like a sit down restaurant, yeah, I would be down for it. I'm not sure yeah. that I've ever had a meal by myself at a sit down. Yeah, same. But I would watch a movie alone. Uh, yeah, I like. Yeah, I guess you have a little stomach age, but <laughs> but like, have you ever had a meal? You're younger than me. Have you ever had a meal in a sit down restaurant by yourself? No. That's too awkward. I, I feel like if you, I mean, like, obviously, I've seen people. No, I take it back. I have. I was in Iowa once in Kansas, <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> and I was writing my motorcycle. Did you see Dorothy? And <laughs> when you go through Kansas, you go through these feed lots where they're they have all these cattle like packed together, and they're feeding them a whole bunch of food, getting fat, ready for butcher, and it smells horrible. It's almost <laughs> enough to make you want to be a vegetarian. It smells horrible, and I was on my motorcycle, and I had to smell inside my. smell of stuff in my nose like a cow manure and I was by myself and had no one with me I I hob is that what it is now? yeah and they're not my actual house of burgers burgers (laughs) wait it changed? yeah I think it did wait actually I think that was a or like a proposal it was a publicity stuff I didn't even know they had burgers I found another one that just terrifies me do you rather explore space or the ocean? Personally, I'm space. terrified of both. They say that we know more about space than we do the ocean. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's definitely 
No, I would do space. I mean, I obviously wouldn't want to be like lost in there and live there forever. But like, if I got to explore space, I feel like that'd be cool. <laughs> it just floats off of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of Botox drinking. Yeah. Things. What if that dog in Guardians of the Galaxy was just stuck there forever? <laughs> what would you do? I would explore space because I guess there's still more questions about what could possibly be out there. Mm-hmm. I think we know what's been out there. It's just some we just don't want to work. Little critters. <laughs> So no thank you. <laughs> so no thank you, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't like not being able to see what's underneath the ocean. It's pretty cool. It's kind of fun. So yeah, I would go to space. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to go for a chat. Okay. <laughs> I was just skimming them. I think we're gonna riddle, I think we're good. Unless we want to, because it's in Spanish. Okay, just say it in Spanish real quick. Hello? Yeah. This one would be boring. Can you read it? Yeah. <laughs> Una cajita de And there I did a master's degree 
which is uh, sort of like, it's the same degree that a minister would go through, but I did never see myself working in ministry at the church level. I still thought, you know, I'll do this, and then I'll go on and do a PhD in religious studies. And during that process, I kind of went in some different directions. I, I did an internship one summer at a um, ministry to migrant farm workers, and these were people from Mexico mostly. And that work sort of reunited me with my uh, Spanish and my vocabulary. And when I finished up at Duke, I was really burnt out of school. I didn't want to go back to finish school. So I worked at a literacy council in Raleigh, North Carolina, where we provided basic literacy tutoring for adults who needed to learn to read and write. And we also did English as a second language, technology as a second language. Um, so that, once again, was another connection back to my Spanish. So all along, I, I was bringing you know, my Spanish all around in these other sort of directions. Um, and so we moved back to Lisbeth in 2008. Um, my wife and I, we were living in Durham, North Carolina. She did a master's in English and chocolate bar and literacy tutoring there. And so we, we moved, moved back here. I interviewed for a couple options. Nothing really panned out. And so that's when I started thinking about the master's program in Durham and education. And the master's program is a 15-month program. And so I already had my Spanish knowledge. I just had to learn to be a math teacher. And so I did that. I did my field placement or my student teaching here at Elizabeth in, in the fall of 2009. And then I got hired on in the spring of, or let's see, yeah, the spring, started the fall of 2010. And I've been teaching here ever since. So it's like a full circle. Full circle. So then at uni, so you went here soon how you're not teaching. Yeah. And in that, may I ask you, so that's a new policy. I, I, I don't think they want any student teaching after you graduate. So I did one semester here at the high school. I did one semester at Duke. I did one last semester in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Go back to high school. So you took Spanish in high school. Yep. I started my junior year, which was a new year. Mm-hmm. Most of us started our freshman year. And back then it was um, seven periods. wasn't block schedule. So you would take Spanish one your freshman year, Spanish two your sophomore year. Um, and I started in my junior year. And I wasn't particularly... It was a class I had to take like anybody else, and I didn't necessarily enjoy Pullman. It was just another class that I took, but something must have stuck with me, because when I got to Pullman, I did well, because that's a place to learn to read. Uh, my Spanish teachers were all high school, and my little country professors at Pullman, and like I said, I still always think of them as just family. Um, so, yeah. Who were your Spanish teachers? Uh, Ann Smith. Chuck Eaton's were here at the high school. And I remember we went on a trip. It was an EF trip. EF is a travel company that handles the EF trip and the country baggage. I went on a trip in high school and we went to Madrid. And I remember, I literally remember the moment that that Spanish like clicked, like the light bulb went off in my head. We went to this, we had some free time and we went to a little bar and we went up to the counter and we thought we were so amazing because we did this in Spanish. But I remember we ordered a bartender, and we stood behind the bar. And like the interaction with the bartender was all in Spanish. So what could I have possibly said? I maybe said, Me gustaría una Coca-Cola, por favor. And then the guy was waiting. Yeah. And 
I remember we asked him twice mm -hmm. and he came and something in that interaction for me just like I said the light bulb went off and I was like oh my god I suddenly realized that this was like it wasn't just a textbook topic that we studied in the classroom but it was like the key to unlocking the reality for so many people in this room it was like an entry into a whole other dimension and it just came to life So you traveled throughout Europe? Yeah, the, I spent the fall of my junior year, that was a fall, in Madrid, Spain. That was sec we, we arrived on September 1st, 2001. What happened to the first day? <laughs> September 11th, yeah, the attacks in New York and uh, Pentagon. Um, and that, that was an interesting perspective watching all of that happen from almost an outside perspective because we could see how the world reacted to it and it was kind of scary um, because the time change it was so it happened at 8 a.m. Eastern time so it was 2 p.m. and my roommate and I we were coming home from classes um, we were staying with a host family two sisters and we came in the door as soon as we came in the door they were like and they, they put us in front of the TV and the plane first plane had hit the first tower and so this is live we were watching and we saw the planes happen live um, and luckily they had CNN and international relations broadcasting on the entire time our Spanish was not at a level that we could have understood what was happening but they had broadcasting on live so we just watched it all unfold and I, the, the ladies the two sisters that were our hosts they were very kind to us and we were a little concerned that the, the program might the world was in such an upheaval at the time. We didn't know if they would be sending us back home for the safety reasons, but luckily we were able to finish out the semester. Um, yeah, and then the other semester I was staying in Costa Rica. So I got, to, I got the Spanish experience both in Spain, kind of another language, a language we know about Central America, uh, sort of, sort of, not, not really. Because the language is quite diverse. I tell students that the accent that we hear between British English and American English, that gap exists between Spanish, Spanish, Spanish spoken in Spain and Spanish spoken in Mexico. Spanish speakers hear the accent. We don't hear it because we're not, because there's too many here, but there is quite an accent yeah. difference. So, yeah. How was the other one amazing? Well, so it, it, it wasn't anything that impressive. At Furman at the time, they didn't have minors. And so if you wanted to do two things, you had to double major. And it just so happened that Spanish and religion were two majors that didn't have an excessive amount of requirements. Like chemistry would have an excessive amount of accent requirements. But those were two majors that fit together very well. Yeah. Yeah, Furman was only major that had two majors in the accent. I guess that's just because of the name. Yeah. 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 What are like the big so Spain was more, um, while we were in Spain, we took classes. Um, we took classes at university, and the classes were on like Spanish history. Uh, we had a literature class, and one of the neatest things we did was on Fridays, we would meet, instead of in class, we would meet at the Prado Museum. And if you know where you're at, the Prado Museum is um, 
was able to do that in Ecuador and find some of the great Spanish investors. And so just to being able to uh, learn from the paintings in person, that was a neat experience. But we went on fun trips on the weekends that were sponsored by a group, a university group. We went all over Spain and kind of saw everything. I got to go to a couple of Real Madrid soccer matches, um, which was a big deal for me. Uh, and then the Costa Rican experience was not as culture, language, history focused, and it was more uh, just sort of exploring the wildlife and the rainforest and sort of the fun side of Costa Rica. We did have classes, but I don't remember enough. I don't remember as much of the history and culture of Costa Rica as I do just going to the beach as a balance, things like that. So it was a good balance. Oh, yeah, well, uh, so many. I'm trying to, I'm flipping through them for appropriateness because (laughs) you see some inappropriate things. Um, I I oftentimes wish I would have started like a list of quotes of things you would never think you would hear or have to say. I end up saying, <laughs> I think we found a video of you at BMA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a great concert. Yeah, I just remember that. There were lots of little Chicago skinny Chicago performing Chicago things. Yeah. No, Chicago, that was before my time. Was, that was my I, I would, yeah, that was a couple years ago. I remember eighth grade year was really marvelous. So was it? That was 94. So my freshman year was 
I did the um, email fundraiser, and you were not included, but I was like, last because you sent the most texts to people. <laughs> yeah, because I just like my whole family. I texted my mom. I texted everyone's mother. I your mom. Why would you people that kids were, and their own kids <laughs> and band? Hey, you missed 100%. I got you. I got $100 for it. Yeah, exactly. You waved it around in a truck window. Like, yeah, I waved it. But, but there are things from band, like, I guess, Mr. Elliotisms that people start working late. If you're on time, you're late. That's a lesson that I, I'm obsessive compulsive about being in places on time. In fact, I get anxious if I'm not there at the right time to work on time. <laughs> so if we're on a trip and I'm like, okay, this breakfast looks like I'm getting there at lunch, I'm going to have to be there for that lunch because if people get there before us, we're going to miss that lunch. That's what everybody thinks. 
And uh, so I remember going into the, you know, we had our little meeting with Mr. Sauer and, and he was saying all the things to me. I don't remember thinking that he wouldn't have choice. I remember he had me blow on a couple of mouthpieces and I mentioned percussion. He probably gave me some sticks and like did a little rhythm and made me repeat. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. Because he was like, okay, he'll be fine. Didn't he, I think, take me to do percussion with? Yeah, so Caroline went in. She went to Maryland and got a percussion. And that thing was important. It was very difficult. And she dumped me on the semester. But I didn't panic. Told me she wanted me. <laughs> and she did. And so we got married right after. Took everything back. No more weekends for her after that. And we took turns. And every week she was with me at the ER as a nurse. After the hospital. So when we found, so we eventually lured him in. I, I got a little bowl of shredded Mexican fiesta cheese, and that was one of his. You lured a cat in with cheese. <laughs> I mean, that would lure me in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it worked, and we, but that that just got it close, and we were trying to get it warm enough for him to get in. Eventually, we, um, it, the cat came up to me on the porch, and I've got videos and pictures. I was worried about getting a disease from this cat, so I had gloves on. Okay. And in the first pictures, yeah, and then. We started taking closer looks at its backside. Mm -hmm. I had to Google what cat privates look like because I don't know what, you know. So I Googled, I did some Googling and I came to the conclusion that Frida was actually Diego. And so Diego was Frida Kahlo 
his husband Diego Rivera Martinez, another very famous artist. At the time, Diego Rivera was more popular, was more famous than Frida, but since their death, Frida has eclipsed Diego, and Frida is by far the more famous woman today. But yes, Diego is uh, one of the guys who are, we have a lot of nicknames for him, his old kids, you know, those guys. We call him the Whisker Wanderer. We call him Steve Shipwrecked. Uh, we call him Boogie Boy. So what are these from? I don't know. I, there's no way to explain it. It's just from our weird imagination. Yeah. Caroline has my same brain. Like we are mentally in the same boat in a lot of things. And so it makes sense to the two of us. And so yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Well, we have a dog named Bobby Boy because it's kind of funny. Well, he's got a podcast. Uh, he had a podcast. <laughs> Her name's Helena. Well, so she's my sister. She had cancer in 2019, and I'm assuming you know that. Yes, I know. So she had cancer in 2019, and then she was diagnosed 2020 with COVID, and so she couldn't go on any trips or anything, which my gosh, so like going on other stuff and kind of this. So we got a dog, Helen, and her name's kind of Judy. So she has a dog named Max. And Max he's five pounds. The front, the, the limbs don't like. He broke both of his legs when he was a puppy, so they never healed right. So he looks like a little furry chihuahua. <laughs> and he chased Bo around the pool. Should I be laughing at this? Yes. No, I mean, but they the dogs hobbled and chased me. <laughs> dog world. Do you, do you have does does Max have an Instagram account? Because I noticed that there is like there's a niche in the Instagram world of like. Differently abled pets. No, my my mom's Instagram is a picture of the dog, but it's not about the dog. Yes, there's one million of kittens. Can I make a recommendation if you're talking about differently abled pets on Instagram? Yes. Frog Queen Ivy is this dog. to the ones who love him, but he's just kind of a boring cat. He just looks like everybody else. Not made for dogs. I have another Spanish question. Uh, were you, like, were you the only Spanish teacher here for a while, or did someone have just, because Miss Pooh just replaced someone? There was, hmm, let's think. There was a year when I was the only Spanish teacher. Um, we originally had So when that happened, the year that happened, there was like a lagging year when they're the only people I had were those oddball sophomores that were kicked out of our freshman year. And so that was that was the year 
the ability to transition. Yeah, and I'm sort of like geek into it because it's something I'm really into. In a couple of years, I spent a job doing ESO. We have a system in our real estate feature. Machine learning is our like machine learning lens across this, this system because we, we haven't had that many historically. Mm-hmm. But there was a couple of years that changed a lot of extra problems that I spent They just happen to be from the same kind of background, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Who's the teacher in that process? Uh, Emily Vargas. She was actually a Spanish teacher here at the high school. Um, when I did my internship here, it was only 2009 for a couple of weeks, and then but she was in the process of transitioning to the ESO position, so they brought in a different teacher. Do you have any specific? It's called, it's called Curate. Curate is a Spanish restaurant. It's in downtown Nashville, right beside the monastery next door. Mm-hmm. Just to your right. It's an amazing place. Um, so tapas. Tapas are those small dishes. Um, uh, but I, I've been, I'm Catholic, but I spent a lot of time at Catholic. And I've been really big into Mexican food. Um, and so I uh, made some, some tortilla soup. Chego cheese is very good. Sheep's cheese, uh, salmon, you know. Um, and we were in Mexico City, Cancun, which is like a hotel world. And one of the best things we had was actually from Bolivia, which is a country in South America, and it's a Salteña. And Salteña is a Bolivian style empanada. Now, an empanada, if you know what an empanada is, it's sort of like a, a pancake if, if you had to compare it to something that people would know. But a salteña has like soupy broth inside of it, in addition to being filling. And so it's like shaped like a football, and you have to bite off the top and sort of as you nibble down, you gotta suck out the juice as you go. And if you there's there's like a tradition, if if you spill, whoever spills the most on your plate, this broccoli soupy filling, has to pay for the salteña. Oh interesting. I was introduced to these um, last year. My wife went to Bolivia with her work. They install pacemakers, and they had salteñas there. Um, so when we were in Mexico City, we're like, oh, this is a big city, like 22 million people, Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they have a Bolivian restaurant. And they did, and so we had them go and we got to try the salteña. She had been telling us about it. And so I guess that's probably next on the radar for me to kind of put something in my empanada and have a salteña. Yeah. Spanish tortilla is not what you think of a Mexican tortilla. It's like a flour thing that you wrap taco in. A Spanish tortilla is, is like a potato and egg omelet. It's sort of like a frittata. It's 
ricotta is sort of the Italian version. And all it is is uh, thinly sliced potatoes and onions and peppers. And you put the potatoes and onions in a skillet with a lot of olive oil. Um, and then you pour them uh, to the pan. And then you form it up into a little bit of a cake. You let it sit. Uh, and then eventually you put a plate on top of it. And you got to flip it really carefully and slide it back down to get to the other side. And that's called a Spanish tortilla with tacos. So, there you go. It's a, it's a very simple dish. doesn't sound like it would be that good, but for some reason, there's some ingredients and you add it to make something way beyond the sum of its parts. Pretty cool dish, I would think. You ready for the last one? Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I've probably told you this. I just, Pals is not on my rotation. It's a place yeah. that I never eat. Yeah. I mean, I, before, like, honestly, I rarely ate it before. Like, I enjoy it. I used to enjoy it. Do you eat it, like, three times a week? Now I eat it, like, as I work in a, like, a bit central regional store. And because you work fresh, I wouldn't contradict what I'm about to say, but I have heard that it is one of the cleanest restaurants and they are very good to their employees. Would you agree with that? I 100% agree. Like yes. for being so small and like I know we don't have customers in there mostly, but like I think it's really I mean we have a hundred food employees in there daily. Yeah. So See, there you go. And that's 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 the case on certain other locations that are yeah. very so outstanding like business. But it's it's just too basic. What? It's too basic. Yeah. Too much salt. It is it's yeah. And you can get like rice in there. That's not gonna convince me to go. So I could go and ask for French fries and fries. Right? Or light less, salt. Light, light, light salt. salt. Yeah. So I have, okay. Yeah. Um, did you, yeah. But like every, the people roll their eyes, but the workers, if I ask for, can I have some French fries with light salt? They roll their eyes, you ask for Well, we have them on the computer when I like, I put French fries on fry salt, and like they would have to serve me French fries, which that's how you constantly French, doing. But exactly. I'm sure it rolls. It's constant. And you also so, like roll your eyes when you what I think is cool is when people do like extra fry salt because they don't have everything. My dad gets fry salt that, uh, on the cheddar and rice. And yeah, it's, I tried it once and it was like. Some people get on it and it's just crazy. So it's like a seasoning burrito. Does anybody yeah. get fry salt people on hot get, dogs? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, thank you for listening to this season two, episode one, episode of Twelve Minutes. And like the, like the subtitle for Twelve Minutes is Please Let Me Know It's Not Rachel. <laughs> so. <laughs> and you got the perfect guest. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the season premiere of Botox Season 2. We'd like to give a shout out and thank you to Lauren Watson, our former editor. She put so much time and effort into all of our episodes and made this such a wonderful show. We couldn't do it without her. Thank you for listening.